0: Good morning everybody. Happy birthday, America. Wow, Pastor Corey, I'm impressed. Hey, I want you to imagine that you woke up today and you looked at your banking account. Some of you are chuckling already, wow. But you looked at your banking account, and you saw inside your banking account, $86,400. Now, maybe you are an elaborate saver, and you're like, yeah, I got that. For the other 99% of us, we're going. $86,400 that you did not have was deposited into your bank account. Now... You start wondering, is this a mistake? What should I do? I, I don't know. But then you're like, maybe I need to use this before somebody realizes it's there. <laughs> so you decide you're going to do something amazing. So maybe you're, you're going to go buy that Corvette that Pastor Gary's always wanted, that he always talks about. Okay, maybe it's going to be that you're going to pay off uh, some, some debt. Maybe it's going to be a down payment for a house, or maybe it's going to be to go on that 360-day cruise around the world, whatever it may be. So you spend it, and you're like, yes, I've got it. We've done what I want to do. Then the next day, you look at your bank account again. There's $86,400 in there. You're like, what is going on right now? And so again, you go out and you spend it. The next day, you're like, okay, wait a second, maybe I should save this money because $86,400 was again in your bank account. So you decide, well, I'll save, you know, $50,000 of it and spend the other money. But you look the next day, and there's still $86,400. Wait a second, I saved some money. Where did it go? No matter what you do on a daily basis, you will have $86,400 in your checking account. That sounds like a great problem, right? Each and every day, you and I have 86,400 seconds to live. 86,400 seconds to live. You cannot save it. It doesn't roll over to the next day. You have to choose wisely what you are going to do with the time that you have been given. You see, God has given each of us time. He's given each of us resources. But what you do with it matters. You see, if you don't use it well, you will lose it. Today, we're going to be talking about the resources that God has given us. Today, my message is called, Use It or Lose It. Today, we're going to talk about a parable. If you're not familiar with the Bible, a parable is simply a story with a point. This specific parable is found in an area where there's multiple parables in a row. All of these parables are all dealing with the second return of Christ. And they all are emphasizing one thing, that we need to be ready for the return of Christ. And what we do in the here and now with what God has given us is so important, is so essential, and is so crucial for us. So if you would open up your Bible and turn to Matthew chapter 25, verse 14. It says, again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted wealth to them. So here's the story. This is the setup. There's a man. He's got a lot of money. He's got a huge estate, and he's going to go on a long journey. So he brings some of his servants in, and he says, hey, here's the deal. I don't want my estate just to lie idle. I'm going to go on this long journey, but here, I'm going to entrust you with this, And I want you to do something with it while I'm gone. Now, I want you to notice that the scripture says entrusted. Did you know that God has entrusted you? He's entrusted you with 86,400 seconds every day. God has entrusted you. And are you utilizing what he has given you? Now... What we've got to understand is that we are stewards, not owners. If that word steward sounds a little funny, think of it this way We are managers, but we don't own it. We will be held accountable for our actions, for what we have been given. We are caretakers, but not owners. Any of you ever watched the show Shark Tank? I love it. Shark Tank is a show about these millionaires and billionaires who have been very successful in life. They've created these huge, uh, you know, multi-conglomeration type thing, corporations, and made all kinds of money. And they're sitting in this room, and these people walk in, and they make it all dramatic. And these entrepreneurs walk in, and they have this small business, this idea, this passion, this this dream, this thing that they've been grinding and they're trying to just get to the next level and they go and they present their idea to these sharks. Now, if the sharks like the idea, then they're going to invest in it. They're going to say, I am going to trust you with my money. Now, notice in the shark tank, they just don't like, oh, here's a million dollars. Go do with it what you want. That ain't how it works. Here's a million dollars, but I just want you to know, I expect you to grow this. I expect you to multiply this. I expect you to be productive with this. Now, after hearing what they call the pitch, they, 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 they tell them the spiel about, hey, this is my idea. This is what I'm going to do. This is, I'm going to market this way. I'm going to do this. My idea is going to change the world. And if they believe them, then they invest. And if they don't, they say, sorry, I don't believe it. You're not far enough along. You don't seem very trustworthy. I'm sorry. We're going to pass on this one. But then there are some that the shark invests, and then that small business turns into something incredible. God will entrust us. Back to the story. The master in the story, he believes in the three that he chose. I want you to understand that that he believes in the three that he chose because you just don't give away lots of money to somebody you don't believe in, right? That would be foolish. So he believes in them. He's asking us to be fruitful with what he has given us. Now, the man in the story, if you haven't caught on, the man is clearly Christ. And the three individuals in the story, you'll come to find out that they represent you and I. And we all have a choice on how we are going to use the resources that God has given each and every single one of us. A few minutes ago I told you that this refers to the second coming of Christ. This refers to his kingdom. Now this is referring to his kingdom here on earth. This is referring to when he's going to come back. This is referring to us being ready for the master's return. Because we will have to stand in front of the master one day. In verse 15, it says, To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one, one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. Now, a bag of gold. In the original Greek language, this referred to a talent. Okay? The word talent refers to a specific weight And value, a specific weight and value. Now, what would a talent have been way back in the day in Jesus' times? A talent would have been 6,000 denarius. Now, one of those is one day's wage, but a talent is 6,000 days' wages. Now, it says that he gave them bags. Okay, so imagine this is the bag that he gave out. The value of the bag is determined by what's inside. We don't know if it was copper coins, if it was silver coins, if it was gold coins. The NIV translation says this was gold coins. Now, a talent of gold would be the equivalent of 75 pounds. 75 pounds of gold. Now, I did some math, and I did some Google, and this is what Google and math told me. 75 pounds of gold would be worth $1.6 million today. So understand, when the master gave a bag of gold, he was entrusting them with something of value, something that they needed to treat with respect with care. So whatever God has given you, you need to choose to treat that with respect and care. Now, he gave, two, uh, he gave two of them more than the other one. He gave one five bags of gold, and he gave one two bags of gold. Now, if you want to do all the math and figure out how much 1.6 times 5 is and 1.6 times 2 is, you can do that. More power to you. But I'm not. But he gives the other one one bag of gold. But this is still a lot of money. How many of you would like somebody to give you $1.6 million? Thank you, Jesus. Now, the likelihood of somebody walking up and giving you the $1.6 million is probably pretty slim. But God has entrusted you with valuable resources. Valuable resources. So I want you to understand that he has given something to you. He has trusted you with something. Now, it says that the money was given to each according to their ability. To their ability. That word ability means dunamis in Greek. Dunamis. I want you to turn to the person next to you and say, you have good dunamis. (laughs) Now turn to your second choice and say, you have good dunamis too. You see, God gives us resources according to our ability. Now, the Lord knows what each of us can handle and when we can handle it. He does not give more to someone who's not ready for it yet. He doesn't give less to somebody who's ready for more. You see, God proportions things in the exact specific way that you and I Need and our ability says that we can handle. Now, the word dunamis means strength or power. It means the effort that we are going to put forth. So, what are we going to do with what God has given us? Now, I have three children, and when it comes to food time in our household, I will put food on the plates. I have a nine year old. I have a seven-year-old and a one-year-old. What I put on their plate looks different from the other one. What I put on my nine-year-old plate looks more than what I eat. (laughs) What I put on my seven-year-old's plate is less. And then what I put on my one-year-old is just little tiny pieces. But here's what happens every time. My seven-year-old looks at the nine-year-old and says, they have more than I do. And I say, well, there's a very good reason. They're older than you. He's a man-child who eats a lot. He weighs 40 pounds more than you do. And there is never leftovers on his plate. When I put food on your plate, which is always less, there's always leftovers. You see, I have to proportion what I give to the right age and stage that they're at. What God gives us in proportions is to where we're at in life, what we can handle at that moment. But what I want you to understand is that it doesn't matter where you start because you have the ability to grow. The master gives the person with more experience the five bags. Now, this person is probably somebody, you know, who's, who's proven themselves over time. They're probably a little bit more mature in their age. They probably have, you know, had some successful businesses. The, this master is very comfortable with them. They've shown themselves to be a hard, diligent worker. So he says, here you go. Then he goes to the next person who maybe isn't as quite as mature as the other person in age, but you know they've had a little bit of experience, but they've shown themselves to be a really uh, hard worker and they've been diligent with what they have been given. So the master says, oh, here, I think you can handle two bags. I'm going to give you this one. Then he goes to the other person and he says, hey, I know, you know, you're just starting out in life. You're probably pretty young, probably don't have any experience. But I want you to know... That I believe in you and I trust you, so I'm still giving you something of a lot of value. So God gives them that value. Again, it's not about how much you have been given, it's about what you do with what you have been given. What you do with what you have been given. Your starting place in, may, in life may look different. But everyone has the potential to grow. And I believe there are people in life who started with one bag that will end up far better than the person who had five bags. Because their work and their effort and their potential will continue to make them grow. So don't ever say, I just got this one. The next thing I want you to understand is that you gotta stop complaining and start cultivating. Stop complaining and start cultivating. Are you complaining about the other person's gifts? You're saying, that's not fair. I only got one, but they got two. That person got five? That's not fair. Stop complaining. Start cultivating. Use what God has given you. Develop what God has given you. Here's what also happens anybody ever compare themselves to somebody else? Stop comparing and start creating. Stop comparing and start creating. This is what we do in, in life. I want what they have. Their gifting is incredible. I want that one, God. God, I, I, I want that one. Um, can I exchange mine, please? This is what we do with the gifts that God has given us. God, I, you know, God, I, I want the gift that gets more recognition, God. Or I want the gift that gets more stage time in life, more platform time, to be the upfront person, God. God, you know, thank you, but I really would like what they have. This is what we do in life. I want you to think about some flowers for a second. A flower, think about a daisy. It's a pretty simple, basic flower. Okay, but still beautiful. Then I want you to think about an orchid. Now, orchids come in all different shapes, colors, sizes, all different types of things. Imagine that they're planted right next to each other. And they're growing. And the daisy's looking at that orchid and going, Do you see how fancy that one is? Do you see the bright colors? Do you see its ornate flowers petals? I'm just over here. I'm just this little daisy. Nobody really thinks I'm special. You and I do this. Nobody thinks I'm special. Look at what they have. I want what they have. I want the recognition. Now we're talking about flowers, so they can't think. (laughs) But a flower doesn't turn to the other flower and compare itself. A flower just blooms. A flower doesn't turn to the other flower and say, oh, I want to be like you. Nope, it just blooms. It does what it's designed to do. Don't look at your neighbor and be like, I want exactly what they have. Just bloom. Just bloom whatever God has given you. Because what God has given you may look different than what he's given me. It doesn't mean minds of more value than yours. It just means it's different than yours. Stop comparing. Start creating. Here's the other thing that we got to do. That person who got the one bag who probably was like, they got two, they got five. Did they ever look inside? Have you been complaining or comparing yourself so much that you've actually forgotten to look inside what God gave you? How unique he created you? the passions the dreams the desires the goals that he has uniquely gifted you with yeah. you need to look inside and see what he has given you yeah. god deposits things into each and of us but here's what we do we doubt the deposit When we should be developing it, don't doubt the deposit that God has put in you. Develop it. Because He thought you had value, He thought you had worth. He gave you this bag, He gave it to you. Don't get stuck comparing and complaining about other people. Back to the story, verse 16. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gave five more bags. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. So two. The two and the five. They, they, they said, okay. All right, God, you've given this to us. All right, thank you so much, Lord. We're going to go. We're going to invest this. We're going to be productive. We're going to be hard workers. We're going to be diligent with everything that you've given us, God. And we are going to make this into more, God. We're going to multiply what you have given us. In the language here, this is implying that they had direct action. When God deposited something, they went out and directly did action for it to make it grow. They were fruitful and turned it into more. They were quick with their effort and they were quick in what they decided to do. But the third person, they literally buried a bag of gold. They buried a bag of gold. This man did nothing to multiply it, but out of fear, he hid his talent to not lose it. It's like the man took the gold that God gave him and he was looking around for somewhere that no one else would know where it was. He's looking for a good spot to, to dig. Oh, nope, too many people think about that. Nope, that's too close to Pastor Corey's house. He's going to take it. <laughs> um, that's not a good spot. That's not a good spot. Okay, I got a good spot. Travis, I hope you didn't need that cord. (laughs) And you put that, the bag of gold, and you bury it. So nobody will ever find it. You're the only person who knows that it's there. That's not what God wants us to do with life. That's not what God wants to do with the things that he's uniquely gifted you with. How many of us have gotten a shovel out and buried a gifting that God has given us? And you've said things like, oh, you know, I'm too old now. You know what? I'm, I'm, ah, I, that time has passed. My dreams have kind of died. My passions have died. I'm just going to accept where I'm at. How many of you have buried something that God gave you? Now, we need to stop Rejecting what God gave us and start revealing it to the world. Stop rejecting what God gave you and start revealing it to the world because what he gave you has value, it has worth. Show it off to other people because he gave it to you for his kingdom. Use it for his kingdom. When I was younger... When I was a kid, uh, the church I grew up in, we, we had children's choir. And kind of all kids had to be in children's choir, right? And so I, I was in the children's choir, but I, I shortly realized that I had an ability to sing. But I didn't quite know what to do with that. Because I'm hearing the other kids sing, and I'm like, mm-mm. Mm, they're, they're not singing that part right. And as I got a little bit older in my church and s- still was in kind of kids choir and then we had like youth choir when I got a little older, I realized that I actually did have an ability to sing. I remember one of my, uh, my choir director at church came to me one day and said, Nick, God's given you an ability, but you need to develop it. I was like, well, you know, it's okay if I sing at church. I I don't know that I want anybody else to know that I can do that. Because, like, in the church world, that's kind of acceptable. But, you know, in the real world, like, with 14- and 15-year-old boys and things, like, they don't think that's so cool. And... I don't know. So I was embarrassed with my gift. I was embarrassed with the gift that God gave me. After that that choir director said, Nick, I really think you should do this. This is really going to help develop the gift that God gave you. So I did something I never thought I would do. I joined my high school choir. Now, I played sports in high school. And up until this point in my life, I had never had, like, church world and school world, like, collide. And I thought, I can do this. I can do this because nobody will ever know. Nobody will ever know. It's just like I go to this class, you know, it's on the other side of campus. Nobody will ever know. All those jocks and things, like, they won't know that I can sing. Well, they found out. And then immediately, like, Nick, why don't you sing for us? <laughs> Nick, why don't you do this? <laughs> How many of you know that ladies like the guys who can sing? I don't know that this is a, as a gifting that God gave this as a gifting to me. But I can tell you that my curly hair has opened up more conversations in my life. I used to hate it. And then I realized that girls always wanted my hair. And like they would literally come up to me and be like, can I touch your hair? Anyways, back to singing. So what I started to do was instead of being embarrassed by that gifting, I embraced that gifting. There are some of you in this room today that you are embarrassed by what God has given you when you need to embrace it. If you're watching us online, don't be embarrassed. Embrace it. Here's what happened when I embraced my ability to sing. I started to do some uh, competitions and type things and and I was doing a state competition and, and by the time I graduated high school, I won my state competition. I got invited to go to a national competition. I placed in the top 25 in the national competition. That gifting that I was so embarrassed by actually got me scholarship money from that competition so I could go to college. That ability that I was so embarrassed by actually got me some scholarship money to actually sing in my college choir. You see, when I embraced that calling, God started opening up doors. That gifting that I wanted to bury, when I unearthed it and showed it to the world, I'm going to show you something, if you're under 25, you have no idea what this is. This is called a CD. <laughs> there is a device that you put it in and it plays music. <laughs> now I got to go to college and I got to sing. I got to sing in a lot of different churches. I got to go on choir tours across America. That gifting, when I embraced it, allowed me to sing on several albums with our choir. That gifting, when I embraced it, it actually took me to different countries. I got to sing in South Korea. I got to sing across China. And I got to sing about the love of God in other countries. You see, when you embrace a gifting, God will bless it. When you develop a gifting, God will bless it. When you put the time and effort, he will multiply it and make it even more productive. Now, if you're in the music world at all, this may mean something to you. If you're not, just pretend like you are, okay? (laughs) So this ability to sing, it also got me to sing in a place called Carnegie Hall in New York City. Now, if you don't know New York or Carnegie Hall, because you're not a music person, that's like the top of the top that you could perform classical music in. That thing that I tried to bury, when I embraced it, God did so much with it. What are you burying? That God says, if you'll just trust me, if you'll just develop it, I'll bless it. There's so much more that he has in store for each of you. God gave those gifts to you for a reason. Verse 19. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. When Christ returns, there will be an accounting for the assignment. There will be an accounting for the assignment. Whatever God gave you, whatever gift he gave you, whatever resources he gave you, there will be an accounting for the assignment. Verse 20. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold? See, I have gained five more. This guy was the overachiever. He was excited and like, look, you gave me five and and we've made it into five more. His master replied, "'Well done, good and faithful servant. "'You've been faithful with a few things. "'I will put you in charge of many things. "'Come and share in your master's happiness.'" Verse 22, "'The man with two bags of gold also came. "'Master,' he said, "'you entrusted me with two bags of gold. "'See, I have gained two more.'" His master replied, "'Well done, good and faithful servant. "'You have been faithful with a few things. "'I will put you in charge of many things.'" Come and share your master's happiness. The first two were excited because they had been faithful. And when we're faithful, there's a reward. The master says, well done. You are good and faithful. It's time for a promotion. It's time for more responsibility. That phrase, well done, means a little bit more to me today. A few weeks ago, Pastor Zach took a moment in service to pray for my father-in-law. He passed away and he went to be with Jesus. He received his eternal reward. But I want to tell you, I have no doubt in my mind that he stood before his creator and he said, well done, good and faithful servant. I know you don't really know my father-in-law, but he preached across America as an evangelist. He spoke at youth conventions and, and missionary conventions. He's been a missionary in Italy. He's been a pastor of churches. He's done so many amazing things, and he used the giftings that God gave him as a preacher to lead thousands upon thousands of people over 40 years to Christ. And so when he stood before his creator, he said, well done, Good and faithful servant. Now let's go to the other guy. Verse 24. The man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you were a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and hid your gold in the ground. See, here's what belongs to you. So the man told the master, you know what? I know you were harsh, and uh, so I didn't want to lose it, and I was afraid. So here you go, but I didn't lose it. How many times has fear stopped us? God wants to see our faithfulness with what he has given us. The way we conquer fears through faith, the way we use faith is by taking risks. There are people in this room that you need to start that business. There's people in this room That you cook so good, you're better than Chef Gordon Ramsay. Now, if you cook like me, you're like Chef Boyardee, all right? (laughs) There's people in this room that you need to open up your heart to love once again. There's people in this room that you need to write the book that God has placed on your heart. There's people in this room that that new career is coming. You need to develop yourself so you're ready for it. There's people in this room that you need to take that opportunity to foster a child or to adopt a child. There's people in this room that you need to mentor somebody with your life. There's people in this room that you have such unique giftings and talenting that you just need to use them for God. There are are people in this room who could be movie producers. And how many of you know that we need some godly Christian movie producers in the world? There may be actresses and actors in this room that we need godly Christian men and women who are going to act and provide entertainment. We need you in every area of life. There's people in this room that God has given you a brain like no other. You are the smartest person when it ever comes to science that I need you. I need you to go develop that gifting. I need you to find that cure for cancer. I need you to find that cure for this. I need you to do that. You see, because when we all use the giftings that God has given us, the kingdom is so much greater. We need to use the giftings. We need to stop being afraid to fail. We need to stop being afraid to fail or to disappoint because the only way that you truly fail is to never try. You need to try. And I also just want you to know that when the accounting comes, that this is not a group project. I want you to think back to high school. When you had that group project. And you got like a couple people, you know, they're all kind of doing their part. But then you got that other person. You're like, man, I don't want that other person in my group. They don't do anything. If this was a group project, if we go back to the original numbers, five bags of gold, two bags of gold, one bag of gold. That's eight. I can do basic math. Thank you very much. Okay. Now when the master comes back, instead of eight collectively, all right, there's now 15 collectively. But the master didn't go back and say, look, you guys did such a good job together. No, this is an individual project. You will stand accountability. You will have to be accountable for what you have been given as an assignment. This applies to more than just resources. There are some of you in this room or online today that you're trying to rely upon your husband's faith or your wife's faith, thinking that, oh, this is going to get me to heaven someday. You're trying to rely upon grandma or grannies or whoever on their faith to get into heaven someday. Like, they, they love Jesus enough for me. It's not a group project, people. We stand accountability before God as individuals. We got to be ready. His return is coming. Verse 26, his master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. The master's angry and calls him wicked and lazy. In the Greek, it actually means sloth. You sloth. He's not mad because the guy made a bad investment or failed. He's mad because the guy never tried. Verse 28. So take the bag of gold and give it to the one who has ten bags now. For whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have even what they have will be taken from them. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where they will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. The result is that the master takes that gift and gives it to somebody else because they're going to do something with it. I don't want somebody taking mine. Do you want somebody taking yours? Now, there's a phrase there that says, throw him outside in the darkness and there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I know you're probably thinking if you were any church background, you're like, does that refer to hell?" In other parts of the Bible, that does refer to hell. In this case, it does not. And I will tell you why in a second. Okay? So, the phrase weeping and gnashing of teeth, that was a phrase that represented profound sorrow and regret. The, I wish I would have, I wish I could have, I should have. That's not how we want to stand before God someday, Now, how do you know this isn't about salvation? Because the scripture is very clear in other parts of the Bible where salvation is not by our works. It's by God's grace. However, there will be a moment where we have to stand accountable for the stewardship of the resources that God has given us. So I just want you to keep that in mind. If you refuse to use it, you will lose it. Today's 4th of July. Happy birthday, America. But I just want to say this. If we do not value and steward well what God has given to us as a country, we will lose it. God has given us so many resources, so many freedoms here that other places in the world do not have. And if we don't use them right or well, we will lose them and become like every other place. We need to take the time to develop what God has given us. And, and if we don't, we're going to lose everything that makes this nation great. We are responsible to stand before God and say, this is what I did with my life. We should all want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. What you started with in life is irrelevant. It's what you did with it. It's a waste of time to complain about what you don't have. Just use what you do have. Because God has given you something amazing. He's giving something unique just to you. What's in your hand or what's in the bag that God has given to you is spectacular. Use it. You see, because God has given each of us time, each of us talent, In each of us treasure, how will you use it? How will you use it? I want you to imagine a church where every single person used the giftings and the resources that God gave them. This is a great church. This could be a phenomenal church. But it requires that every single one of us utilize the giftings and the resources and the unique passions and dreams and goals and visions that he has given to each and every one of you. Imagine the impact, how much more uh, amplified, magnified, multiplied it could be if we all use those resources for God's glory, for God's kingdom on earth. That's what he wants us to do. That's what he wants us to do. In a moment, I'm going to say two prayers. The first prayer, this is for somebody, if you're in the room today or you're watching us online, if you've never accepted Christ into your life, and maybe this message has been a little weird for you, like, what is all that? He's talking about bags of gold. I don't know. What is he talking about? I want you to know that God uniquely gifted you when he created you. Those passions, those dreams, he gave you those. He believes in you so much that he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for you so that you could also receive the gift of grace. That gift of grace wipes away sin. That gift of grace welcomes Christ into your life and gives you opportunity to go to heaven someday. So right now, I'm going to give you an opportunity to pray a very special prayer. And today, this prayer is very special to my heart. This is word for word, the prayer that my father-in-law used for over 40 years to lead people to Christ. So I'm going to ask that you would close your eyes for a moment. And if you'd like to ask Jesus into your heart, say this with conviction in your heart, but I'm gonna ask that everybody says it together. Dear Lord Jesus, I'm sorry for my sins, and I ask you right now to come into my heart, into my life. The things that I was doing that was sin, I'm not going to do anymore Because you've just changed me. You've just come into my life. And I thank you, Lord, for answering this prayer. Amen. If you just said that prayer right now in heaven, they are rejoicing. They are rejoicing about that incredible decision that you have made. In a moment, Pastor Zach will come up and he's going to provide a resource to you to start your journey well, second prayer, perhaps you're in this room today and you have taken that shovel and buried some things. It's time to go and unearth them. Stop rejecting and start revealing. Start letting, stop letting fear take over and start letting faith Make you take action. So, we're going to pray a prayer here, and I just want you to agree in your heart with me. Lord, I thank you for what you have given each and every single person in this room, the unique giftings that you have given them. God, I pray that if there's any area in their heart that right now, Lord, that they have buried, I pray, God, that it would just get revealed. I pray that you would put that burden and passion in them once again to use that gifting for your glory, to use that gifting for your kingdom. For those who are in this room, God, who need that extra nudge, Lord, to do that unique and special thing that you have called them to do, God, I pray that they would take today as a clear sign that that you're speaking to them. Lord, we love you. We thank you for entrusting us and resourcing us, and God, may we use the time, the talent, and the treasures for your glory and your kingdom, and may we all be ready for your return, in Jesus' name, amen.
1: Hey, can we thank Pastor Nick this morning for that message? Awesome, we're gonna be finished here in just a couple of minutes. There's a couple more quick things that we wanna do before we close service and get our party started afterwards today. But let me just say this right now, and please everybody hang tight till the end of service because this is very, very important. If you made a decision today to follow Christ, there is no greater decision that you could ever make in life. And today we wanna to celebrate that, we wanna honor that, but we also wanna help you today. We have a simple tool, a simple gift that we wanna give you to help you start this journey of faith. It's a, it's a book called The Next Seven Days and there's a couple of different ways that you can get it. Right after service, we'll have prayer teams that are gonna be right against these side walls here on the floor. Just walk up to one of our prayer teams, let them know that today you made a decision to follow Jesus and you wanna get the book. They'll give it to you, it's free. We don't need anything from you, but we're happy to help you, to pray with you in any way that we can. If you need special prayer today, come see one of our prayer teams. That's why they are here. If you need to go quickly after the service, stop by the next seven days desk. It's right between the glass doors before you exit the building. We want to help you out. We want to help you get started in this journey of faith. So, again, congratulations. We're so, so happy that you made that decision today. And we just want to welcome you into the family of God. Can we put our hands together one more time and welcome people into God's family? We also wanna take a moment right now in our service just to encourage everybody around our giving. This is the time in our service where we receive our tithes and our offerings and we give to God and we thank him for his faithfulness in our lives. And the one thing that we always want to do at this time above all else, as as pastors here at the bridge, we wanna say thank you. Thank you for your generosity. Thank you for your faithfulness and giving. We recognize that the work of the ministry here at the bridge, it goes forward and it happens because of a faithful God and faithful people. Thank you for responding to God's instructions to us to honor him first when it comes to this area of our lives. I love what Pastor Nick shared today. Hey, this is our first step in stewardship. We recognize that God has been generous to us. He's been good to provide for us. So what do we do in return? We look back to him and we say, thank you, God. We honor him with our tithes and with our offerings. We sow into the kingdom of God. So thank you, so much for your generosity and for giving today. If you're looking for the different ways that you can give there are ways that you can give digitally on the screens. If you'd like to give in person a physical gift today, you can grab one of those envelopes there on the back of your seat and there are giving stations on either side of this first set of exit doors. There's also giving station outside near the kids check-in area. So take advantage of whatever is most convenient for you. And if you're a guest with us today please know there's never any compulsion to give here at the bridge. This is a free will offering. This is something that we as the people of God do to honor him and to put, back, uh, to, to put him first and give back to him because he has been so good to us. So again, thank you for your generosity. Now, one final thing we're gonna do before we go outside and have a good time today. I wanna ask everybody right now if you would stand to your feet. And I know some of you are gonna be in a hurry right now to be the first in line, but hang tight for a minute because we wanna do something very special right now. As Pastor Nick said, happy birthday, America. Today is the 4th of July. This is a day that we celebrate as Americans and we are incredibly grateful for. But I, I don't think it would be right if we walked out of this place and we didn't pray for our nation today. I, I don't know about you, but I, for one, I'm proud to be an American. I'm not ashamed of the flag. I'm not ashamed of our nation. We're not a perfect nation. We're incredibly imperfect, and we make a whole lot of mistakes. But there ain't nowhere else in the world that I want to live but right here in the United States of America. And with that said, I think as the people of God, we need to combine our faith today and ask for God's hand of blessing upon our nation. We need to pray. (laughs) We need to pray that our heart of this nation will return to Christ and seek him first above all else. Amen? So right now, I just want to ask you, if you just want to lift your hands, however it is that you want to do it, let's just pray today for our nation. Let's ask for God's hand of blessing and that the hearts of the people of America would return to him. Father, we thank you that we are blessed to live where we live. We thank you, God, of all the places in the world that we could live, that we get to live here in the United States of America. God, we recognize our imperfections. We recognize the sin that sometimes plagues us and haunts us here in our nation, but we look to you, God, and we turn our hearts to you, and we pray in Jesus' name that you would move in our nation. I pray that the hearts of men and women and moms and dads and grandfathers and grandmothers and kids, Father, and grandkids would return to you, that we would look to you, that we would not take our blessings and our freedoms for granted so that they are not taken from us. We pray, God, that as we look to you and thank you, that you would bestow blessings upon our nation that our seeds, Father, that would return the hearts of people to you as well, God. God, I pray that as we come together today, Father, the people that have chosen to be in God's house on the 4th of July, that we would be inspired today, God, to be a light in darkness everywhere that we go, not taking our liberties and our freedoms for granted, Father. And I pray that you would use us to bring about change in this land in which we live, God, that we would see the hearts of people return to you, God, and that there would be a revival that turns the hearts of people to Christ and that we would see the church be at the forefront of everything that happens, God. Father, we thank you again for the freedom that we have, the liberties that we have. We do not take them for granted. And today we say thank you, God, that we get to live in the United States of America. God, bless our land. God, bless our land. In Jesus' name, amen. God has shed his grace on us as Americans. Happy 4th of July, everybody. Let's go have a good time today. Have a wonderful day with your family. We love you.